Hi guys, welcome back to our fifth episode of Co-op Week for Dive. So if you guys haven't already watched the first five episodes, essentially what Co-op Week is, and uh, it's a week where every single day we release an episode featuring one of our peers from Systems at Waterloo, where they kind of just talk about their experience uh, getting their first co-op and how is it going so far and stuff like that. So this week we have Divyan Shu. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, hi guys, I'm Devon Shu. Um, in systems design, um, I did high school in Toronto, and I got a job as a product analyst in a predictive maintenance firm that uses AI software to maintain um, asset-heavy sectors. It's wordy, but that's what I kind of do. No, cool. Um, could you just give us like more details about what your specific role in the company is and like your key tasks? Absolutely. So um, when I first kind of got the job, I thought I'd be doing coding and a lot of like technical work. But when I got into the job, I realized that's not what I want to do. So I talked to them and I switched into this product analysis field that I'm doing right now. And so basically what it is, is I compare our product with other companies' products and I kind of look at like the bigger picture. So I look at like what industries we could go into. So right now our company mainly works in oil and gas, but we're trying to expand into like manufacturing and mining. Um, so I'm taking a look at those industries and I'm building uh, reports basically so that the technical teams can realize what type of product they have to build to um, enter those industries. So that's kind of my job. No, that's actually really cool because most of the people we've talked to so far have been doing like software and stuff like that. So it's really interesting how you kind of stemmed away from that. Do you, maybe like, I'm just curious, like what like attracted, to, attracted you to like a product analyst job? Um, so as I said, like originally I was thinking about going into um, like the coding software, like the regular stuff that every side person kind of goes into. Um, but as I had to learn a new coding, I don't know how to use Python. So I was learning Python and I realized a month is not enough time to actually learn enough to be able to code for AI. So I like once my job started in the first week, I was talking to my supervisor and I was like, yo, I can't do this. Like, you're going to regret hiring me if I code <laughs> for you. So let me just do something else. And since it's a small company, he was like, Dude, we need help everywhere. So why don't you try this out? And I did it for a week and I really liked it. So now I'm continuing it. But it's been a journey. Yeah, it's honestly good for you for like realizing your own skill sets and realizing that oh, like coding for like this AI would be too difficult. Um, could you just like talk me through like your company culture? How many like interns do you work with? If there's like other Waterloo students? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my company is located in India and um, everyone except like three people in our company, which has like, it's the mid forties. We have around like, 45, 46 people working at the company. And everyone except three people works in India. So I basically, I work on Indian time. And um, the culture is pretty chill. Like I have one meeting in the night at like 
12 o'clock, which is like 10.30 in India in the morning. So like I joined their morning meeting. We discussed like what we're going to do. And then I go to sleep and I wake up and I have another meeting, um, this time with interns. But it's not Waterloo students, of course. It's Indian like students who are studying in India. And um, so I'll have a meeting with them. I'll tell because they're part of the technical team. So I'll just update them on like the work I've done on like the business side of it. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. That's like the only two meetings and I have other than that, I just work like during the day, like four or five hours. Some days I won't even work and it's chill because um, it's task oriented. So you don't really have to like work eight hours a day from nine to five. No, that sounds really chill. Just like to be able to have that control over like when you kind of work and like just focus on your task without having to like be in all those like long meetings during our regular hours. You mentioned how your company is located in India. Do you want to talk a little bit more about like how you got the job and how like it all the application process worked? Um, yeah, so there wasn't really an application process. I got it through um, connections. Um, so I, the guy who started the company, he, um, I know him personally, like, cause he's worked with my dad, but, uh, so I just, I sent him a message. I was talking to him and I was like, I'd love to hear like, you know, where you think I can go with my career. Like, can you just tell me what you do, what your company does? Cause I, I still don't know what I want to do, but while I was applying for jobs, I really wanted to find out what I could go into and what different fields there were. And instead of just hearing the usual, you know, like code at Apple and code at Tesla, like, yeah, sure, that's a great way to go. But this asset heavy sector with like oil and gas mining, manufacturing, that stuff really intrigued me. So I was just talking to him and I was like, yeah, this is my program. This is what we do. And he was just giving me advice on what I could do with my life. And he kind of just offered me the job. Like at the end of our call, he was like, look, you can just join our company and we'll pay you and like, it'll be chill. So that's kind of how I just got the job. Wow, the, the importance of like having a strong network and connections, yeah. Um, could you talk a little bit more about like working for a company that's in a completely different country, like adapting to the culture? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I am Indian, I should say that, like, I still identify myself as Indian, even though I've been living here, like, five years, um, but the Indian work culture, it's, I would, it's very different from the Canadian work culture, especially in, like, the tech field, because, um, like, I've talked to other people inside, and, like, other programs are working in um, tech companies in Canada, and they have a lot of meetings, and, like, it's really rigid, the work structure is really rigid, but in India, it's, it's laid back. I, I wouldn't say laid back because obviously there's a lot of work and you have to do it. But in terms of the like hours that you work, you can do it anytime because they just care that you deliver the work. So if you can do the work in three hours, it's great. They'll let you do it in three hours. And that's kind of what I'm realizing um, the Indian work culture is like compared to the Canadian work culture, which is like, you have to be in meetings nine to five. How do you like structure your day? Because like you said, it's pretty much like you have tasks and you have to complete them. So is there any like structure you follow during the day? <laughs> it's a bad structure that I follow, but um, 
I basically, so I'll just go over a, a usual day. I'll start from the night because that's kind of like when the Indian day starts. So that's kind of like when my day also starts. So my first meetings at, like, as I said, 12 o'clock, I'll, you know, 15 to 30 minute meeting. Uh, we'll discuss like what my updates are, what work I'm doing, all that fun stuff. And then um, usually I'll work for like an hour. So for, I'll usually finish working around like 115. Um, and then I'll chill for a bit and I'll sleep by like 2.33. Um, which is not good, but it is what it is. After that, I have to wake up at 7.30 for another meeting. That's a problem because I only sleep four hours. So what I've been doing these past two weeks is I wake up at 7.30 and then I'll go back to sleep at eight after the meeting's over. And then I'll wake up again at 11 and I'll just kind of work through the day, chill, eat, go for a walk, do whatever I want to do. Average day, I'll work usually like four to five hours in the day and then an hour at night. So I end up working around like four to six hours, somewhere between there. So I'm definitely being paid more than I work. Which is fun, fun times. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interesting to see how like your entire day is essentially like flipped because of like you working in a different time zone. But I guess that has its own perks. I mean, if you're a night owl, maybe this is the job for you. You know, you get to stay yeah. up all working. But I was just curious, like, what do you consider to be kind of your company's greatest strengths and weaknesses? My company's greatest strengths and weaknesses. Um, Okay, that's a tough question to answer. Uh, wait, what, like, can you give me an example? Like, what would you say are Apple's greatest strengths and weaknesses? Or like just any company? As like an employee, like what do you like, like about your company in the way like, like maybe like they have like mentorship programs or maybe like they don't, maybe that could be a weakness. Okay, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's nice. Um, that's a tight question. So I definitely say like the startup size, the small size of the company and it's, since it's a startup, there's no, um, there's nothing in place. There's, you know, a lot of bigger companies, they say, this is how we used to do it. And this is how we still do it. And this is how we continue to do it. But since it's a really small company, there's like fast um, experience that they're using. Everything's being done new. Like uh, when it comes to like my contract or something, I had to message like HR like six times to get it. Um, I had to fill out this business application and usually like a company's HR team would do it, but I ended up doing it. So since it's a really small company, I get to learn a lot. Every experience is brand new and I'm learning from it, which I find super positive because, you know, it's co-op. You're supposed to be learning, not work is like secondary. Hopefully you're learning more than you're actually like doing grunt work. And so that's like the best thing about the company. Um, that's kind of also the worst thing because you end up doing a lot of stuff that you really, you know, you're never going to do in the future. Like if I go work at a bigger company, once I graduate, I'm never going to be like looking over a contract and like filling it out or filling out applications online for the company. Um, and right now, like the work I do, it's, it's not structured. Like I, I don't only work on one thing. Like I have to work with like four or five things at once. And that's kind of a negative because I'm not really learning as much as I could if I was only doing one thing. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, yeah. But also, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like you're multitasking, which I guess could also be like a good thing, like in the sense that like you get the ability to like look through all these projects, which like strengthens that skill. I was just like curious, like since you're like now like working as a product analyst, was there like any new like tools or skills that you had to learn for the specific role? <laughs> um, so okay, when like in the first week when the guy w- when like my boss was like you should become a product analyst, my first question was, what the hell is a product analyst? Um, <laughs> and like, what do you actually do when you're a product analyst? Turns out it's just research and get putting stuff together. So like Excel sheets, um, PowerPoints, Word documents. That's pretty much it. And knowing how to use Google. The hardest thing is, especially in like when you're doing research, it everything is paid, right? Like all the research reports and stuff that are good are paid. So like what I'm being paid for is my ability to kind of like just research stuff on Google for free and finding stuff for free is really hard. Like it can take hours just to find one thing. So it's kind of a, um, a struggle to do that, if you will. Yeah. You mentioned that you have to like multitask a lot. What do you think was like the hardest part of like learning all these new skills? Um, Okay, I wouldn't say the skills were really hard to learn because, like, you know, um, it's, it's PowerPoint. And obviously, every company builds their presentations and their uh, documents differently. But, I mean, once I saw an example, it was really easy to kind of just copy it and, like, base my future documents off of that one that they've already made. So learning that technical aspect wasn't really that hard. But the biggest learning curve that I've had is definitely like the time difference in the countries, right? Because I'm working here and it gets really challenging to stay focused throughout the day. So like, I'm going to have a meeting today at 12 because it's going to be like Monday in India. And what I'm going to struggle with is finishing the work that I have because I'll just be like, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like motivating yourself to do, it's the same thing as school motivation is really hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no I definitely agree me too like some days like because for me my work starts at 8 30 and so even though like for example my first meeting like might be like at 10 right I still yeah. obligated to wake up at 8 30 and certain days that can be really hard like I just I just don't want to wake up right now I mean I'll just wake up at 10 from a meeting and then like yeah so I get hey, that especially being on Waking up is like the hardest thing. And I've gotten into the worst habit because I sleep so late and I have to wake up at 7.30 for the meeting. I I wake up at 7.30, do a 30-minute meeting, and I go back to sleep for three hours. Like I feel so bad because I'm messing up my future life. I'm messing up my whole sleep schedule. Oh, yeah. No, that's tough. But I was just kind of wondering if you could talk a little bit more about kind of like your resume and like what you had on in previous experiences you had before landing this job? Um, yeah, I could do that. Let me actually pull up my resume so I can actually talk about what's on it and not just like talk about stuff, you know, in the air. 
Yeah. Um, so, okay, per, uh, like past work experience, I worked um, at this place called Spirit of Math. I don't know if you guys know about it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's like, it's Kumon, but it's, it's more, it's more challenging than Kumon, I guess, because they have like a lot more real world uh, thing, a, a lot more real world problems. Um, so I worked as an assistant teacher there. Um, it was nothing like I don't really think the experience I got there translated to what I did in this job. But in terms of like the volunteer experience and stuff that I've done in the past, I definitely think that it's helped me a lot for this job because um, like I, I captain sports teams and like um, I was part of like, you know, um, the school newspaper and stuff like that. And so just getting people together because there's a team of interns that I have to talk to and I have to kind of make sure that they're doing the work I need them to be doing. And I also need to do the work that they need me to be doing. So it works both ways, but someone needs to take the lead. And I just find that um, people in India don't know how to lead and they're not really creative thinkers. I know that sounds really bad, but it is what it is. If I see that, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna to, I'm going to say it. So I feel like I'm having to take the lead, even though they're senior to me, I'm having to take the lead more often than they are. So it just gets, so basically my school experiences helped me in like that leadership department. And I know it sounds really cliche because like everyone tells you leadership is super important on your resume, but it's actually true because like it's helping me out right now so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being a leader, especially at our age is like, such a useful skill set what do you think like makes you such a good leader um okay first thing I wouldn't say I'm a good leader <laughs> like just being honest there but um I I feel like it's like I did IB and now I'm in systems design so what I'm every course that I've been through it's taught me how to think creatively and that's what the people I'm working with aren't good at. So they're really good at the technical aspects of their jobs, but they're not good at the creative thinking parts of their job. So they can't get stuff together and they can't put it together. And so just like organizing that whole process is kind of where I feel like I'm doing better than them. So I'm having to take the lead. And it's just that creative mindset that, you know, we're all in system design, like we 161 and stuff like that. While you're doing it, you don't really think about it. But after you're done it, you realize that you have to think up new ideas on the spot, right? Even for mm-hmm. assignments and stuff, you have to think up new ideas. And that kind of is really helping me. No, yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like creativity is kind of, it's so cliche, but like creativity is what leads innovation. You know what I mean? Yeah, that- yeah. Like, for example, like someone who like maybe hasn't been through programs that kind of promote creative thinking, how would you like, like what advice would you give them to like kind of adopt that creative thinking mindset and like how should they get into that? It's honestly, creative thinking is probably like the hardest thing. I'm realizing this right now, but just doing one task repeatedly, like 
I know we think of that as unskilled labor, but if you're doing like the same project over and over again at work, like you're coding the same thing every day, it kind of gets repetitive and you get really good at it. But, and that's like non-creative, obviously, but creative is like, you know, you're doing different things every day and that gets really challenging. And if someone coming from that background, they need to challenge themselves every day. So like before they join a job or like even while they're at school, if they want to go into coding, they should be coding, not the same thing. Like you, they shouldn't just be coding games every time. They should switch it up. They should code like games. Then they should code. I'm so shit at coding. I don't even know <laughs> what you code. But mm-hmm. you'll help me out. <laughs> what do you code that's different? Like you can code a game. You can code like an application of some sort. So different things, you know, use different parts of your mind um, to kind of like whatever field you're going into do different um, work in that field, if that makes sense, does it? Yeah, no, it does. Um, so I feel like in the past, we've only talked about like, oh, technical skills are important, but how important would you say like soft skills are and like getting along with your manager and your, your other like employees? Yeah, um, I definitely say <laughs> technical skills can be learned. Uh, like you know on the fly they can be learned on the fly but uh, soft skills is something that you need to develop so it's like I don't have soft skills I can't just as soon as I join the job it's not like I'm just going to start developing soft skills immediately I need them to be there even before I join the job so soft skills I would probably say like it's a priority over technical skills Um, the environment I work in is like super chill um like my manager even though he's working in india he studied from uh university of buffalo and there's a bunch of people who studied at international schools so um like it's super chill like i know a lot of companies that you can only message people on like microsoft teams or whatever platform they're using but i message my manager on like whatsapp and uh, i'll just ask him anything even if it's a stupid question there's no like barrier to asking, which I feel is a really good thing to have in a company. No, that's so true. Like soft skills, like there's something that like you need for the rest of your life. And it's like a long process and journey to like obtain those skills. That's a really good point that you mentioned. Just out of my curiosity, I was wondering since like this is kind of like a new role for you, were there like any specific resources that you like always go back to that like helped you? Um, and like helped you just like navigate your way through the world? <laughs> Wait, navigate, help me navigate through what? Through your role, just like any specific resources that like you use pretty often, like just for like our listeners, which could help them. Um, okay, um, so, and like, I'm still doing, do you know what a SWOT analysis is? Nope. No? <laughs> yeah, okay. No engineering student should know what it is, but every single business student does know what it is. So you take your company and when you're comparing it to another company, you can do this thing called a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So I do a lot of those in my job. So um, I just found a website online. Like the first time my manager was talking to me about doing a SWOT analysis, I kind of just searched up a couple of websites and I keep them open 
24-7. Anything I need, I go back and I look at it. I look at different sort of uh, ways of doing it. So just finding the right website, because I feel like Google's like the best tool. Google's the thing that helps everyone the most. So it's just about finding the right website. And then also second, it's, you know, a lot of students, when they come from like IB or AP or these specialized programs and stuff, we've gotten it into our heads that we're smarter than the rest of the people. We get like the superiority complex. Loki is true. <laughs> but yeah. I'm trying to like, I stopped thinking of myself like that. I'm like, I got to ask questions because at some point you got to ask questions to, um, you know, learn what you're doing. So like my manager and like the other people I work with, even the technical teams, I'll ask them questions, even if they're stupid, like even if I should know the answer, I'll just ask it because a lot of this stuff is brand new for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just a quick question. Did you like end up applying on Waterloo Works at all? Uh, yeah, I applied to like 100 jobs. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How, how, but how was I'd that already process? Gotten um, I'd already gotten this job when I applied. So I was just applying for kicks, not really seriously. So I applied to like Apple and stuff, which is like, obviously I wasn't going to get anything. Um, it's the worst. All <laughs> the work sucks. Um, I definitely put on like top 10 worst experiences in my life because every company is different and Waterloo Works has done it in a way where you have to like make specific um, changes to your resume or cover letter for each company. And it just, it takes way too long to apply to jobs. And even then there's no guarantee that you're gonna get anything. No, that's true. I mean, still like Waterloo Works is helpless, I think for Waterloo students, just because it kind of gives us this like curated platform where we can just like see everything in like one place and apply all the jobs. And since we are from Waterloo, it kind of gives us an edge. But I don't know. I see what Wait, you mean. Wait, did you, did both of you get jobs on Waterloo Works? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, see, it's, I don't think I have the patience and like the, um, it's just patience. I don't have the patience to like apply on Waterloo Works. So that's why like from the start of like the whole, uh, co-op process I started looking for jobs outside of Waterloo Works because you send in one resume you do an interview and you can get a job Waterloo Works is just the whole um like, you know applying en masse I don't I just felt like I couldn't do that especially sitting at home there's like no one around you you're all depressed <laughs> it just isn't for me no yeah I get that like the matching process can be a little I guess, interesting since like you don't really know who you're going to get end up like matching with. It's just kind of weird. But you mentioned applying externally. Are there any specific like websites or stuff that like you use to like apply externally? Um, so I talk to a lot of people on LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really apply to jobs with them, but I just talked to, so like even um, a couple like hedge funds and stuff, like a lot of these banks, hedge funds, they have like big technical departments. So I talked to two people from like this financial background 
um, who ran their company's tech uh, side. So I talked to them and I was like, what's the work culture like? What, what do you actually do while you're working? Um, and I found them on LinkedIn or like I knew them personally. So I didn't really apply to any websites for jobs, but I did kind of talk to people through websites, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, is there anything, because like the application process is like super long and kind of confusing. If you could go back, is there anything that you would change about what you did? Um, I would like change about what? What in particular? Uh, just maybe like how like you applied, the companies you applied to, um, like how you wrote your resume, cover letter, just anything. Yeah, I'd, I'd put a lot more effort into it. I feel like I just, I took it so lightly. Um, and it was mainly luck that I got a job. Uh, but I changed that part of it. I, this is like every time, like any experience I do after all the experience, I'm like, I'll put a lot more effort into it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, only after you've done something, you realize like, dude, I, I shit the bed. I was really bad at doing this. And I feel like that's kind of what happened during the application process. I might, after I did one, like, um, I made my resume and I got it critiqued like three times and I was done. I wrote zero cover letters. All I did was talk to people and I'm sure that's working right now, but in the future, I'm going to need to like step my game up. Mm -hmm. No, it's good that you like realize that and like, you're like acknowledging the things that like kind of went wrong that you could have fixed, but no, like resumes and cover letters um, can be very time consuming. And I could see why I like, it could be like really unmotivating for someone to like actually work on them. But at the end of the day, it is really important just to like wrap things up a little bit. I was wondering if like there's any advice you can give anybody listening about landing a co-op or building any soft skills and other stuff that you mentioned on how they should go about getting their first co-op. Uh, yeah, for sure. So if people are going to Waterloo Works, you don't really talk to anyone. It's a really impersonal process. You only talk to someone once you get to the interview stage and soft skills come in use then, but even then it's a lot of technical questions that they ask during those interviews. Um, but if you're like looking for jobs outside of Waterloo Works, I definitely say, don't be scared to reach out, you know, like even just sending an email to someone, people like they start overthinking a lot of stuff and they're like, what if like they just ignore my email? Like getting ignored is completely fine. Like send emails out. It won't hurt you. Like no one's going to judge you for sending out an email asking for a job or asking uh, more about the company and the work environment. There's no like, there's no one sitting behind the computer judging. If someone sent me an email and they were like, I'd love to know more about the company you're working at. I wouldn't judge them for sending that email. I'd probably reply back. And I feel like even the people in my company working higher up, they're the same way. So cold emailing and just talking to a lot of people definitely works. Mm -hmm. No, you gave some really, really good advice. And I know for one, I learned a lot from your insights and your experiences. So I'd just like to thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and taking the time out of your day to kind of share your experiences. And I'm sure 
all of our listeners listeners found the information very useful. And if any of you guys have any specific questions about Devyon Chu's experiences and his skills, please feel free to reach out to him. We can link his Instagram in our caption below. So I'd just like to thank you once again for coming on. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. Like, really enjoyed this experience. First time on a podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, we'll see you guys on the next one.